0: Welcome to the Connecting the Data Podcast. I'm Matt Anderson, and in this episode, I cover a few topics and try something new with the Spotify integration with Anchor.fm. Enjoy. A couple of times in the last week or so, I've had... The topic of integrations come up with the Power Platform and specifically around kind of some asynchronous communication that would be taking place. And a couple of times I've been led back to HTTP endpoints uh, with Flow, and I've used these before in a limited capacity back when I did like a little mini proof of concept thing of doing an Alexa skill with uh, and, and having it call, it was actually a logic app, not a flow. But I used the HTTP trigger, uh, you know, endpoint as that trigger in flow. And it's one of those things I'd, I'd done it. I kind of, I mean, I understood conceptually what was going on, but I didn't know all the the details in it and the. It's something, as it's come up a couple more times, I'd like to dig into it a little bit more, uh, understand kind of where the where the edges are, what it actually takes, where some of the, the capabilities and common use cases are. Uh, it's, it's something I'd like to be able to go a little bit deeper than where I'm at right now. So just thought I would share. I was just listening to a playlist on Spotify, and... I guess I didn't realize just how prominent the clarinet is in the song Hakuna Matata. If you listen to this through the Anchor.fm app, you can. Uh, I'll put the song into the, the show. I don't know. I don't think it exports if you do it through a f- uh, podcast player. So uh, I'll give that a try and enjoy the song if you can. I've been using the OneNote Modern app for a month, maybe a month and a half at this point, and it's the first time just today that I created a new notebook. I usually just add notes or add sections to existing notebooks, but boy, the, the experience for creating a new notebook is fantastic. It gives me the chance to kind of pre-load or pre-create a handful of different sections within the notebook, so it's not just empty when I get it started. And I can also, choose from a variety of different kind of common templates that can be configured before creating the notebook. So there's like a work one and there's a, a research one and like there's a, a handful or rather a planning one and there's a, a handful of these available. It was just I didn't I didn't realize how cool of a or helpful of an experience that was until I you know, had it working for me right there. So. You know, with that, I wonder how many other little things like that are sitting out inside of some of these different you know, apps that I've used forever and I just don't go explore. And you know, I'm obviously, maybe or not obviously going and checking out the kind of the, the new version uh, the new newly deployed apps. I guess it's not even that new anymore, but the the more modern version versus the the traditional desktop version is where I can see that update, that change. So very cool, really like it. And boy, what a great experience of can, creating a notebook. I haven't felt this excited about doing that in gosh, ever, maybe ever. I'm still very much a fan of leveraging PowerPoint in presentations, but I'm always looking for ways to get through what can can otherwise be pretty pretty much pretty yawn filled <laughs> I suppose and you know a few of the different ways of doing that are to keep things uh, more, a little more spontaneous rather than there's there's a couple of common things that that just get frustrating is When there's content on the slide that's already been talked about and seems repetitive, either because, you know, the speaker didn't know that it was coming or remember that it was coming up, uh, often because the, uh, content of it or the, you know, content of the presentation was assembled from many different places and there's just duplication of message. And when you're actually presenting it, it's, you know, almost a a surprise as, as it comes up, it's like, oh yeah, we already talked about this three slides ago, but I guess, and then they feel compared compelled to you know, kind of go through it again. One of the ways that I combat some of this is through a capability in PowerPoint called zoom. And it, 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 kind of jumped out at me a few months ago i think the there was some expanded capability that was released in it because originally i thought it was just a way to be able to like literally kind of zoom into a certain part of the slide or perhaps you know have a an expanded version of something but what it is is that it allows you to have kind of like thumbnails for different sections or different slides that you might want to go to that you can launch to from a title slide. I first used it at the HIMSS conference as a way to stitch together several different uh, conversations supported by slides uh, for the booth that we had, not knowing who at a booth or who's going to want to talk about what when they come up to the booth, that was a great way to avoid you know, jumping around in a slide deck uh, or trying to, you know, ad hoc do uh, something off the cuff every time it gave a kind of polished professionalism to the conversation and kept it personalized rather than having to, you know, jump around through slides. And Oh yeah, maybe this or that one might be important. And that zoom capability has Come up several times now since I'll actually be giving a an internal presentation on it at an upcoming uh, meeting for folks in the regulated industries on uh, how we've been using it on the HLS team, kind of the the story of what we used at Hims and how we've been using it moving forward. So if you haven't checked it out, it's in the latest and greatest version of Outlook, Outlook, PowerPoint, and uh, from there, uh, yeah, give it a try. Thanks so much for listening. If we're not already connected, you can find me online at my website, connectingthedata.com, or on Twitter at MC Anderson.